Good evening and welcome to the Back to the JMU Sports Blog podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, nothing. Hope everybody's doing okay tonight. Yes, hopefully everybody's doing okay. We haven't gotten dropped in the first 10 seconds, so we're off to a good start. Yeah. Um, yeah. Welcome back, everybody. It's great to see the numbers. Um, see so many people join us last week for the season preview and West Virginia preview. Really glad to have everybody back. We were certainly glad to watch football um, in various locations this weekend. Don't forget, wherever you get your podcast, you can rate and review us. Five stars, five points. Um, if you get a chance to review, that'd be great. Uh, as always, brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Rob, I did spend the weekend with Brian, uh, one of the co-owners of Mossy Creek. We had a wonderful time, um, despite the result, and just really excited to have that relationship with those guys and looking forward to announcing some more things coming up soon with them. But really had a good time and go by the shop in Harrisonburg anytime, mention the podcast and you get a free Mossy Creek sticker. Uh, also brought to you by our original sponsor, Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the tap room anytime and win a Pale Fire pint glass for mentioning the podcast. So have some more to talk about with them coming up as well. But thanks to everybody. Rob, welcome in. We're going to stick to football and some overtime tonight. Um, we're going to go back into our normal thing. I think everybody can go around the Kurt Dudley press conference today. I did get to watch and, um, you know, a lot of results around JMU sports this weekend, but we're going to stick with football tonight. We're going to do four downs from West Virginia. We're going to do two things we're looking forward to uh, headed to the home opener versus St. Francis this week. And we're going to do an overtime um, to end on a positive note tonight. Rob, uh, JMU lost 20 to 13 at West Virginia. They did Just, indeed. They, they did, did indeed. They um, at times looked extremely good, uh, and they unfortunately had a, about five, you know, sort of major mistakes that cost them this game. And you know, I'm sure we'll get to those. But you want to start us off with first down. Well, I guess it's just along what you're saying. Um, I still I'm very proud of this team, and I'm happy that they battled. And we can talk about West Virginia's chances of going to the Big Twelve season, and maybe it's not a powerful team. Uh, in the Big 12 level, but it is West Virginia. It's a proud program. It's a tough place to play. Um, it would have been a tremendous win. They didn't get it. And I kind of feel disappointed. Like, I feel like Jamie just let one get away. Yeah. It, it was there. Um, Big kind of had everything going for him in terms of they, they came out and kind of had West Virginia on its heels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think West Virginia and the crowd probably expected maybe a little bit of fight at first, but then to be rolling at the by the end of the half, like they've done in past against like yeah. they've done against Jamie in the past mm-hmm. where it kind of, it, it gets away and you're, you're really not playing that competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, it's like they outplayed them in the running game, clearly had the better running attack, yeah. um, gave up some, some passing yards, but that's because West Virginia had no other, nothing to do other than pass. Like, right. Um, that guy kill it. What is, uh, Kendall, what's the, what's the QB's name? Oh yeah. Kendall. Kendall. Yeah. Kendall. Yeah. I mean, everybody's talking about how, you know, he was carving up the JMUD and Nuch had problems. Nuch had a higher average per, per pass. You know, it wasn't like they were uh-huh. going downfield all day. They had a lot of crossing patterns and things like that, mm-hmm. which to me, and you know football better yep. than I do, Todd, but that seemed like an early season communication thing. Yep. Um, they were just hitting crossing patterns where it appeared as if it just wasn't good communication, maybe between the linebackers and the secondary. That's what you'd expect the first first game of the year. Yep. Um, sounds a bummer, but like all that said, like a couple of mistakes, they were – you know, a couple turnovers yep. and maybe leaving a couple of points on the board away from walking out of there with what should have been like a two touchdown win. 
Absolutely. And, and I know people are going to think I'm crazy. Like, no. I'm sure no West Virginia fans are paying attention to us anymore, nor should no. they. They should move no. on and enjoy their season. But, you know, on the pod last week and on the blog, we said for JMU to win, the, the big teams, they had to be aggressive. Don't play scared. Take it to WV in the running game. We're like, Signetti's talked all this mm-hmm. talk about how he's going to run. He's not going to shy away from anybody. He did just that. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't aggressive throughout the entire game, like we thought. And then we said ball security is going to be paramount. And they did one of those three things very well. Yes. And the other two kind of bit them. And so they're going, they went home with a 2013 loss. So I, you know my feelings on this. I don't get as excited about these games as a lot of people. They're kind of just outliers to me. Mm-hmm. It's a great opportunity. I feel like it's kind of all upside and no downside. Mm-hmm. I usually don't get upset. It's like if we win, great. You know, it's big for the program. It's big for the fan base. But if we win, I just brush it off. Mm-hmm. I'm having a tougher time accepting this loss because, like, I feel like it wasn't a situation where Jamie just went up against 85 scholarships and better athletes. And what are you going to do? That's that's the game of football. Yeah, I, I felt like in some ways Jamie lost this more than West Virginia won it. And I'm sorry if that's a bad attitude, but mm-hmm. so this one is just—it's harder for me to take this loss. It's stinging me, even though I know it's completely insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Um, no, nope. you know when Jamie's won national championships in the past. They, I mean, in 2004, they got their doors blown off by West Virginia. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. Um, lost to UNC. We're somewhat competitive, but there were a lot of reasons to be concerned coming out of that UNC game. No, <laughs> not with, the, with the defense. Yeah. This time, I don't know. So it's just, it, it's tough. This one is a little bit, a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth because I feel like it was right there for the taking. Yeah. And but for a few plays, which is something you can probably say about every football game. Sure. Um, I, but I don't um, know. It just, it, it just kind of stings a little bit because. A big, big twelve victories. That's that's a big deal for an FCF school, and it could have really yeah. put a, put a lot of you know put a, put a lot of momentum behind the team. But go forward, and we'll see where it goes. At the end of the day, we'll forget about this a week from now. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say. I mean, I, this is a weird game. You know, JMU was up seven three at the half, uh, so they won the first half seven to three. They lost the second half thirteen to six, but they lost this game in the first half. Yes, in my opinion. Um, JMU blew the doors off West Virginia throughout the first half. I mean, being in the stands, I sat in the set. I was fortunate to sit in the seventh row for this game. And the West Virginia fans were, I mean, they felt like they should have been down considerably more points at halftime. But we had a Percy fumble and a D'Angelo Amos fumble. Yeah. Um, you know, really hurting the team. I, I, and, you know, those are two probably. And was the block field goal. Is that and the, the block field goal, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, we're it, looking at two, um, two of the. Three, you know, two of JMU's real uh, expected to be star players. Uh, you know, everybody's going to focus on the Danucci interception late in the game. But, you know, we kicked a kickoff out of bounds. We had a blocked field goal. And we had fumbles from two of our best players in the first half um, when JMU was pushing West Virginia around. That yes. was uh, really, really exciting. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Signetti said today that, you know, he mentioned that Demetri Holloway, has essentially had a two-day fall camp. Um, he came in with a tweaked hamstring and, you know, has been out with the hand the last couple of weeks and played with the club this week. His, you know, ha- he had to take some plays off in the second half. And a couple other guys, I think, uh, Urshad Robinson even, um, hasn't played an entire camp, has had a little bit of a tweaked knee, and also had some, you know, slowed down a little bit in the second half. And that's one of those things that we talked about. I mean, they didn't put West Virginia away when they had the chance to, and then the FCS FBS depth caught up and West Virginia got scared at halftime. Um, 
I, I take away a huge positive. To my, the two things to me, Rob, were just running the ball and stopping the run, right? West Virginia averaged 1.6 yards per rush, gained a grand total of 34 yards, and essentially quit even trying to run the ball in the second half. Yeah. Um, that's as dominant as anything we've ever seen from JMU on, that, on the defensive side of the ball. JMU's defense kept them in it through those turnovers. I, I mean, how many times did the field get flipped in that first half and JMU's defense kept West Virginia to three points? And that was Adiva Tarawa, Mike Green. I, I mean, we sat there and watched, and everybody couldn't – who's 95, Adib? Because um, mm-hmm. he was murdering people out there. And they, they were great. The pressure was good. They didn't have any sacks, but they got some hits. And then on the other side, I thought the commitment to the run from Signetti, um, you know, we, we got a lot of jokes and, and I'm not saying they're wrong later in the game on the play calling, but I was happy to see them run the ball three times for nine yards on the first time they touched the ball, even if they had to punt. And I was happy to see Signetti keep trying to run it later in the game. Um, can't say I was happy with the last uh, you know, punting the ball away there at the end with no timeouts, even if they, even if it ultimately worked out <laughs> and JMU did get the ball back and have a chance. Um, you know, that was a little frustrating, but the commitment to the run and the stopping the run gives me tons of hope going forward. And I, I guess that's sort of what you were talking about. And then my second down would just be the mistakes and, you know, don't focus on, don't, I, I'm so like everybody on the Danucci thing. Yes. That was a very Danucci play. But watching that at field level, I mean, he didn't have one second to throw the ball at any point in the second half. And if I'm an apologist for that, so be it. He shouldn't have thrown it up on a first down play. I don't disagree. But he was getting killed, and he made great plays. And even on that last drive, when Jamie got the ball back with a minute left, I mean, he had a 30-yard run negated by a holding one of Jamie's only penalties. Well, um, he was under siege. That's he was like, under siege. I, like you and I, if, again, I, I'm with you. If that was a bad, that was a bad throw or bad decision. Though. Right. But it was a bad play by the entire offense. I mean, that thing was blown oh, up from the snap. <laughs> yes. And he's running around. I mean, that stuff happens. And mm-hmm. you know, so I'm I'm frustrated with the result of the play. I'm frustrated with many aspects of it. Nooch's decision to throw only being one of them. Um, mm-hmm. If you go back and watch the highlights, I mean. Some of those times, West Virginia, it was like they were beating, beating the ball to Nooch on some of those shotgun snaps. Right. They were just killing them. Like, that doesn't make me think our offensive line is in trouble. I think that's just – these are big 12 athletes. And, well, and I also think uh, – Jamie, uh, to Signetti's credit – sorry, Rob, to jump on you. But no, I, go ahead. To Signetti's credit, he has designed this team and he's designed his transition from Houston to Signetti around a recommitment to running the football. Mm-hmm. And – I'm guessing, guessing, I don't know this, but to me, that would seem to necessarily entail putting more effort into working on the running game with your offensive line over this transition period this year than you would nor- might normally where the, the work might be a little more evenly distributed between the run game and the pass game. Particularly JMU with your out- number one receiver out. Yes, JMU outrushed the Big 12 team 172 to 34 yesterday. So – if they struggled a little bit in the passing game and weren't quite ready for prime time, I think I can live with that if this is what to ex- we can expect from JMU the rest of the way in terms of running the football and stopping the run. Because I don't think St. Francis or Chattanooga or New Hampshire or anybody else is going to, you know, stop, stop the run, 
you know, even have, I don't know. I mean, if JMU can run for 172 on West Virginia, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do to other people. Yeah. And I think that will take some pressure off of the passing game. Plus, I hope they'll improve. I did think, no doubt, second half, they missed Riley. Um, they, 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 needed one, they needed one break. You know, they never got it this week. And sometimes that break is throwing it up to the one guy that can do something nobody else can. Yeah. And they didn't have that. So, but they knew that going in. I was really pleased with the play of Polk. I mean, Rob, I guess to move on to third down, unless you've got something else there, I, uh, it was great to see some newcomers, right? Uh, Austin Douglas looked solid. Yeah. Uh, the freshman, Solomon Van Horse scoring the touchdown. Um, clearly some backs beyond just the top two uh, ready to go. You know, I, I don't even know the name of the kid that played linebacker a little bit in the second half, but he had a bunch of tackles. Uh, and, and then, you know, just – I thought it was really – that part was really cool, uh, seeing some of those guys out there and getting some and, – and Polk, man, I mean, he could be a difference maker for this team, you know? And, yeah, I mean, it's, it, you, yeah. you don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but he could be a guy that is the number one um, well, even when think, Riley comes back. You know, if you really build up mm-hmm. the chemistry, and like you said, I, I agree with you. I think it's a very astute point you made about – maybe the focus thus far being like, let's commit to the run and the passing game is a work in progress. Right. That seems perfectly logical. Well, especially for the O-line. Yeah. They did move people. They, they did move West Virginia off the ball in the running game consistently. It seemed like they really struggled in pass protection. Yeah. Like they they weren't getting to their spots and stuff. Uh, Correct. Because it wasn't just like a case of um, power or speed. Like if you can power through somebody in the running game, you can do it through scheme and technique in the passing game, you know, to block. So yes. I, I think that could get there. But your point about Polk, like, you know, if, if the passing game is going to kind of evolve and come together, like it should in any year, but particularly given a, tra- a coaching transition mm-hmm. year, it's going to happen over the next three weeks. So in some sense, this is a great opportunity for Polk and the other guys and Jamie as a whole to do this without Riley and then just have him injected maybe when it starts to click and, the, and it's coming together. And then you've got this guy who's such a weapon and experience and everything. So – yeah, Polk could be a real difference maker this year. Well, Polk, Dean, and Stapleton together, and suddenly yeah. you're talking about a really legit threat. And even even Baby Ravenel has some people. Excited. Oh yeah, yeah. You I know, mean, I think you only one catch, but you know, it's that's that's impressive well, to go out there. And, and I don't, so, I I know I'm not supposed to say this, but Baby Ravenel could have had a pass interference produced yeah. on the very last drive as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't have. We were kind of right in front of that, and I didn't think it was as egregious in real time as it looked in on the replay. Um, I think I was a little more frustrated with the hold on Fornadel, the hold that they did call on Fornadel on the long Danucci run in the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's hard to see that, but just looking at the players' reactions, it certainly they were extremely surprised uh, by that call, and it, it felt like a very well timed call <laughs> from yeah. the Big Twelve there at the end. Um, but. Anyways, I, yeah, I, I think the other thing with Polk, I heard Signetti say today they were really disappointed that they didn't get Dylan Stapleton involved today or in this game. And I think part of that is probably because they had to commit the tight end to helping in helping other areas, protects. helping yeah. with pass pro and stuff. And that's another thing where, like, as you shuffle down the line, um, you know, and the line improves and the play improves, as we hope it will, you get a game under your belt. I, I think that's something they could really improve on. So I, I don't know. I just, um, I, I didn't take anything, but you know, I'm frustrated like you, I'm disappointed, but there's a whole lot of things to take away from that really positively. Um, yeah. 
you know, my fourth down, I guess the one other frustration I had, Rob, unless you got something is I was a little disappointed in the special teams. Um, I thought they were really good on the coverage units in terms of competing with West Virginia. That was really solid. But obviously having a blocked field goal, fumbling a punt, and kicking a kickoff out of bounds all in the same game is uh, that's a lot to overcome <laughs> from a unit that's been really solid for you. And that's not a knock on any of those kids necessarily, uh, but, you know, those are mistakes. Um, and they're mistakes that I hope can be corrected. So, you know, we, we, Amos tries to make plays, and I'm not going to stop him from making plays. And once or twice this year, that's going to lead to a fumble. And that's the way it is. Um, but those other ones are costly as well. And that's, you know, that's something they can clean up. That's to me, seems like something they can improve. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess the only thing I was going to say in terms of four downs yeah. is it, it's one week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's again, I, I'm sure there's going to be people that'll be like, Oh, you know, the Jamie sports blog guys. And I think Bennett's probably with us. I read, he had a great piece on Jamie sports. Yeah, news today. Like it's one week guys. Like it's, it's, even you and I are sitting here getting all excited about, oh my gosh, this team has so much potential. But like you've noticed, neither one of us, and I don't think there's an ex- has said anything about Frisco or about the playoffs. Like we're just excited to go out and see this team play Saturday. Yes. And then after that, we'll evaluate and keep going. Like we've talked about this many times. You and I are making a concerted effort not to treat every game like it's some sort of requiem for Frisco. Right. Right. Um, it's just it's silly. Like it's there's a lot to be excited about, but we we'd be just as foolish if we were saying, Oh yeah, let's book hotel rooms. Let's, let's get ready to go. We're oh, seat in the playoffs. Like yep. we don't know. So much is going to happen between now and CIA play. And then so yep. much can happen CIA play. And I mean, geez, injuries are going to happen and people are going to, you know, quarterbacks will emerge. People will play worse than we think they're going to all over the, the college football landscape. And I don't know, like, as I mentioned before, this is an outlier to me. Uh, I question a lot of some of, not a lot, but, like you, I wasn't thrilled with some of the, the play calling or lack of aggressiveness in certain situations. But I do think there is something to be said for, like, coaches, uh, try as they might, just approach these games differently. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't love that call at the end. Nope. I, I, I would have gone for it. I'm just like, you know, in that situation, to me, it's like you're playing with house money. Uh-huh. You're either going to have a miracle come back or you're going to lose my more. Yeah, it kind of worked out. I don't think it's a fireball offense. I think there is something to be said for coaches' mentalities, even experienced ones such as Signetti. You have this mentality of, like, you don't want to lose by more. You don't want to get blown out. It's not the right thing to do. But to me, that just seemed like the classic week one FBS game kind of compounding mistake. But it's a mistake. Uh-huh. It's not a fireball offense. I mean, nope. There's some people already seem to be questioning him, like, oh, my gosh. The other way to look at it is the guy came in and in one camp had a team – prepared to go play their toughest F, well, not toughest, but like yeah. in one of the toughest FBS environments, Jamie's played in in years. Oh, incredible. you know, pro- probably going back to the game against Virginia Tech. Uh-huh. Um, Easily. NC State teams was good. UNC was good, but that's not the same environment as well. No, Virginia. those are soft environments. Yeah. yeah. yeah come on. I mean, this, this was yeah. a big deal. So like, there's a lot to be excited about, but I- I'm not going to go in either direction thinking the sky is falling or let's get the confetti cannons going. Like, let's just, let's just, Let's look forward to Saturday and see what we got. Yep. But, like, the run defense alone That's, yeah. gives, gives me hope for this season. Um, uh, the running game had certainly had flashes. Uh, I think a lot of people were like, oh, no, I don't want this running back by committee. I fully expect the running back by committee until somebody makes it so obvious that that is a bad decision. You know, like, uh-huh. somebody's still got to win this job. Um, Signetti's made comments like that. Yep. So I think we're still going to see guys kind of 
play the hot hand, and mm-hmm. if that's working, maybe he goes with it. But my gut tells me three or four weeks from now we're going to have one clear, you know, RB one, and, yep. and then three or four other really good options to be excited about. So seven point loss to an eighty five scholarship team. I'd take that any day of the week. I'd much rather have that than like a seven point win coming out of this Saturday in terms of Correct. relativity. You know, like well, I, I think say, JMU yeah. fans have more reason to be excited about our season going forward than West Virginia mm-hmm. fans coming off that result, if that makes any sense at all. You know, like it does. I also think um, I, 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 that makes complete sense, Rob. And I think also West Virginia is better than it's going to end up being better than people give them credit for. I do think West JMU fans tend to tended to as someone who went to the game this week. We I, I even I did it last week. I underrated the importance of this game to West Virginia's program. This was the first game of the Neil Brown era. They had their largest crowd since 1998 at this game um, when they played Ohio State. Right? I mean, this was a big deal. For well, like them. people were mocking, Jamie fans were mocking, like, oh my gosh, they gave, they gave him a Gatorade bath. Gatorade bath. Yeah, they it, was gave his, Gatorade bath. it was his yeah, first victory in West Virginia. You know, it's, just, right. it's his first one at the program. This is the, they wanted to get this era started off with a W. They didn't really care what it came out. They, most West Virginia fans that we interacted with on Twitter, and yep. we tend to just let them be fans yep. of the opposing game. Seemed nothing but respectful. Like they weren't uh-huh. saying we're going to crush you. They're like, hey, you know, I, I think Jamie is going to give us a, a good battle. But at the end of the day, you, you guys, Big Twelve athletes and eighty-five scholarships are going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. That's not an unreasonable proposition. That's kind of what happened. So, yeah. Um, and to them, it is a big deal. It's not like us beating. Hopefully, Jamie crushing St. Francis this weekend. It's right. not the same thing. Like I'm not going to go talk trash to St. Francis friends or, or get all excited about the win. I'm going to say take care of business. West Virginia knew this was going to be a game they should win, and they did win, but they didn't think of it as like a cakewalk, and it's still something to celebrate. Oh, yeah. Well, the last thing I'll say is West Virginia fans were great. I mean, I think I tried to write that today, but they, they were incredible. They were so welcoming, so much fun to hang out with all weekend. Yeah. Really good time. My sister oh. went to the 04 game. Um, oh, nice. And said the same thing. Said people were wonderful, yeah. like respectful, sharing drinks, talking yeah. football. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a good crowd and a good Tons place to watch a football game. And, I, and we, I'm glad, Rob, you brought up a good point. We learned our lesson, I think, last year um, coming out of NC State when all we wanted to do was talk about how that game related to Frisco. Yeah. And this year, let's just talk about West Virginia. I still think, and I'll say this, I, I would, and I, I think a smart – it's, it's hard, sometimes hard to find him, but a smart NDSU fan would say um, – I know a lot more about JMU losing 20 to 13 to West Virginia than I do about North Dakota state blowing the doors off of non-scholarship Butler yeah. this, this week. And I think that's what you were trying to say is like, yeah, exactly. let's not get carried away here and say everything's okay. And we're going to Frisco. But at the same time, one thing I know for sure is the Heatherman Signetti defense. If they hold West Virginia to 34 yards rushing, you tell me what they're going to do to St. Francis and Morgan state. Cause yeah, I don't think it's going to be too pretty. And I watched the way Landon Word played and the way Dimitri Holloway played and the way Wayne Davis played and the way they were freed up to just run around downhill and hit people, uh, you know, behind that line. And I'm excited, you know, and maybe that's a good transition to this week, Rob. Um, what, what's two things we you think we're most looking forward to? Well, you, to the home we, opener? you kind of stole mine and I was yeah. going to say Brandon Polk, um, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to kind of take an audible. Yeah. And this will put me further into the Nooch apologist camps. But Hell no. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Nooch slash the passing game with a little more time. Yeah. Um, we didn't see a lot on Saturday. Uh, I, 
I don't know. Like a lot of people are critical saying, oh, he's holding on the ball too long. Yeah. I mean, that's always something that's easy to point out about a quarterback. I also felt like there were many times he was just running for his life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the offensive line will grow from this. I Mm -hmm. I saw enough to be impressed with Mm -hmm. the running game that, like you said earlier, and we both said, um, they'll come together and get better timing and better scheming and everything and and be facing smaller players. I think with time, this has the potential to be a pretty good passing attack. It's not going to be, you know, back to the Mike Cauley days. Uh, Right. But but I think if you can run the ball like JMU can, and I think the running game will improve too. Like mm-hmm. if you start having that one seventy five, one eighty running mm-hmm. game, I think you can get a solid, you know, two hundred, two twenty five passing attack. I'd like to see them break one one or two big, and I think Polk showed us enough on Saturday that mm-hmm. I expect him to have a big play. I would love to see him go over the top and just break a defense. Yeah. And I think if they just do that once or twice, it's gonna change everything about the offensive attack. Um mm-hmm. The big worry is everybody's going to put eight in the box. Like, oh, my gosh, Jamie's going to run down your throats. Right. Well, we saw last year with Elon. You can do that. And Sagetti had a scheme that still got the ball done. Or still got, right. still got the ball moving because no. they were able to hit passes when they needed to. Right. I still think with time and with these receivers and everybody coming together and getting their timing, uh-huh. I think Nooch and the receivers are going to link up and they're going to be able to do that. Um, that was a, it was a bad interception. It was yeah. – Quite something, some quite uh, quite honestly, the type of thing we saw from Shore in the in the 2016 year, where like he oh, tried yeah. to make a play out of nothing, and yep. he was good for one of those a game where you just go, yep. oh my gosh. Right. Um, the offense they had, he was also he'd have three or four more other opportunities in that same game to do something that made you completely forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know this offense; it might be fewer opportunities to do that. You might be talking 15, 18 throws a game, but um, neutral learn from that. It was a bad throw, but everybody's freaking out, acting like it was a complete, you know, reoccurrence of the Colgate game. Yep. And it was the furthest thing from it. So, no, I don't know. I just, I, I'm really looking forward to um, everybody overreacting in the other direction when he goes 15 for 17 with three touchdowns this week because he's got all the time in the world and his jersey doesn't get dirty. Right. Well, and there were a couple throws in this game. I mean, one in each half. I think they were both to poke on the sidelines, the little comeback. Mm-hmm. One of them was the one where Danucci had to scramble and rolled out to the right in the second half and made a play down the sideline. Those were really good throws in yeah. tight spaces. That throw to Kendall Dean on the kind of, I don't know what they make, like 25 yards on kind of a crossing late. It's a late move. He threw that ball before Dean made the move, made the cut. Yeah. I mean, there were some good throws in there this week that weren't just the dink and dunks that we saw so much of last year. Yeah. Well, the other and, thing is like it, the difference yeah. between West Virginia and the typical FCS team is, He's going to get one or two more steps when he gets out of the pocket every, every time, and that makes all. And the receivers are going to get an extra half step, and mm-hmm. things just open up. Um, hopefully, he won't throw into double or triple coverage like he did at that that one <laughs> pick. But there are opportunities. Like FCS defense are going to need to respect his ability to scramble and run uh-huh. more than West Virginia probably did. So That's right. I, I don't know. I, again, like it's week one. There, I saw enough to be like, okay, there's some elements of his game that certainly. You know, I don't want to say they're lacking, but can cause frustration. Mm-hmm. But there's also, like you said, he made good throws. He made good plays. He's still yeah. very dangerous with his feet. Um, I will take kind of somebody who's willing to roll the dice and try to make a big play if it mm-hmm. leads to a couple mistakes, you yep. know, if you just focus on those more big plays. So I'm yep. excited. I think we're going to see a big week this week for the offense. And I think I we're going to see a lot more guys catch passes. And I think it's going to be a good like little kind of the game we need. I, I think yep. Morgan State the following week is going to be – 
a probably a non-competitive game from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, I, I noted Signetti said today, you know, he was reminding people that St. Francis finished in the top 10 in overall defense last year and is, you know, has been in the playoffs in the last couple of years, is a hard-nosed, well-coached team. I expect JMU to beat them, but I also think it's the kind of game that might actually be nice, you know, might show us something about the offensive line or might show us something about whether the passing game is improved um, as opposed to, you know, whether it was last year, Norfolk State or, or Morgan State the following week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm looking forward to that, too, seeing a little growth in the passing in particular and not just from Danucci and the receivers, but also from the offensive line. Yes. You know, I'm interested to see whether they can get their act together. I mean, the bottom line is every play in the second half that was a drop back pass was pretty much a jailbreak mm-hmm. for, for Danucci this week uh, when West Virginia cranked up their pressure. It and, looked like uh, interval flag football. Yeah, we've got like one like, quarterback who's just running around scrambling to buy time for like yeah. the one receiver to get open. Yeah, and so I don't want to hear it, you know, from bitter old alums about Danucci when the big guys need to get it done in front of him a little bit. Well, and there's also know? there's the obvious fact the guy has now won two quarterback competitions. Yeah, everybody's screaming and yelling like so. Now we have two coaches with totally different mindsets who've come in and clearly said this is the guy. Um, no disrespect to the other guys on the roster, but. This is kind of the proverbial, you know, the backup QB is the most popular guy in every town uh, until you see him play. Like, he, he won it. He's our guy. Let's trust. I trusted Houston. We made the decision. I'm trusting Signetti. Let's go with it. Let's support our guy and look forward, not backward, not look over his shoulder. And I want to see more from Signetti yeah. next week as the season oh, goes along. 100%. One thing about this week that I wondered about, and, and especially with those decisions in the fourth quarter, was – I get the feeling, and I've got the feeling from watching Signetti at Elon the last couple of years, that he is a guy that plays a long game. Mm-hmm. And he's in this for – he is thinking about November and December. And sometimes that means that the team strategy is, you know, stick to what you do. Run the ball, punt the ball, protect the football. Try not, you know, I, I don't know, right? I don't know how much that plays into each of those decisions or that particular fourth down call to punt or whatever. But – I don't know that this is – I wonder if we'll look back later and Signetti is sitting there and he's looking at – he's looking at the JMU defensive line and linebackers and saying, you show me somebody else who I'm going to be down 20 to 13 against this year in the fourth quarter, right? I, like, we were 10-10 going to the fourth against a Big 12 team. You know, let's play this the way we would play it later. So, I, I don't know. I think that will be – no, I think that's – I mean, people will kind of roll their eyes and say we're almost like borderline conspiracy theorists. But that's what I'm saying yeah. about these games being outliers. I think coaches approach them certainly differently than fans do. Yes. And I don't want to say it's like they don't care about the wins and losses. They obviously do. And hell, JMU's playing these games now. They're yeah. not approaching them like just to get experience the way we did in, when Mickey was here. I mean, you think back – yeah, that's – We thought we should like, win this week, and that's what's so frustrating about it. Yeah. But that's we, a big difference one, from going to FedEx – and thinking like, well, maybe we can play well, right? Or going down to Chapel Hill and, you know, Thorpe throws a bomb. You're like, it's great. And then they pretty much just fall behind and wait to try to get back on the bus without injuries. You know, like, Correct. There's yeah. no going for it. Like, this was a game, and I don't know, coaches and other teams, and they're also, like you said, trying to play the long game. Um, that Jamie doesn't excuse things. You, you still would like to think that when you're given an opportunity to win, you do maybe the smart thing or the uh-huh. – the, Take take the calculated risk, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. It's it's. I have no less faith in Signetti than I did heading into the game. If anything, I'm impressed with the progress that has been made, 
and think the ceiling is ridiculously high with regards to the defense. Oh, well, I, when I could, the one defensive stat, Rob, I will we'll get off this, but was, I couldn't believe, Jamie, you got off the field on third down 12 yeah. out of 18 yeah. times. And that was what the West Virginia fans were convinced was going to be the difference in the game, that Jamie yep. wouldn't be able to get off the field. Well, that's what happened last year in North Carolina State. Yeah. Particularly in the fourth quarter, Finley kept converting third downs. Third downs. And that wasn't the case today. You know, um, everything that West Virginia – I mean, you know, West Virginia, the game-winning touchdown was because West Virginia was on a super short field. Yep. So, yeah, we're both looking forward to next week. And uh, can't wait to see everybody at the home opener. Really excited for that. I'll be waiting on my Jimmy Moreland jersey to arrive for Sunday. So, number 32, Rob. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I saw I got a new number. Yeah, and I guess we should say uh, Raven Green also got a new number for the Packers but did make the team. Daniel Brown made the Jets. Um, I saw Marcus Marshall made the practice squad for the Chiefs. Very cool. Which Aaron is – can I just say something like that? Yeah. Huge. I just was, that, you're a real NFL player. I don't know if you're a real like, it's a big deal. And maybe this is my kind of bench warmer past <laughs> from mm-hmm. high school. But, like, <laughs> Todd, you were there. Like, you had years where you were yeah. a star of the team and other years where you were contributing. Like – I don't know. Maybe I just had good coaches and I didn't play football. I played lacrosse, but we felt like everybody on the team was contributing. And yes, like my freshman year bench warmer on JV sophomore year played a lot. Junior year got moved up varsity, complete bench warmer. Like didn't go until we and didn't <laughs> get the game to open like 10 goals. Um, and then my senior year, I played a lot. Like I never felt like I wasn't part of the team when I was the guy who was purely a practice body, nor did I look at my teammates when I was like a senior or sophomore playing a lot who were never going to see the field and be like, they're not part of the team. So, I don't know. Like, to be a practice squad, that's a, that's a real job contributing Hell yes. to an NFL thing. So, like, I, I don't, like, I don't, I haven't heard anybody do this. I've heard nothing but people get excited for Marcus Marshall. Yeah. But this is, there's no asterisks here. That's a big deal. This is a guy who, who transferred in schools and came out of JMU and didn't get drafted. And he just made an NFL roster. Um, yes, he's on the practice squad, but he's still contributing to, what is a Super Bowl contending team? So I'm oh, yeah. super excited for him. And, you know, he might end up being active for a game or two, or right. maybe he'll work his way onto the roster full-time, like the 53-man roster full-time. But, but that's awesome for him, a guy who, you know, nobody really saw coming <coughs> two years yeah. ago. Nope. And uh, same thing for Aaron Stinney with the Titans, I believe, um, on the practice squad as well. I saw Earl Watford <laughs> made the Bucks roster. Dean Marlowe made the Bills roster. So this is uh, – that's five guys we know for sure on rosters. And two on practice squads. That's an and, and I believe I took the under when you put yeah, it in right. the voice. You know, I said under, yeah. under four and a half. Yeah, and so it was five guys made the team and two more on practice squads. And yes, to sound full John Gruden, <laughs> this is the National Football League. Yeah. And that's a big deal on wherever you are. So yep. congrats to all those guys. Can't wait to watch um, all this weekend. Uh, that'll be fun after the JMU game. Rob, you want to introduce our uh, just last little OT tonight? Okay, this it seems like a simple idea. Maybe I overcomplicated it, but we're just going to do three random things that we're liking lately. Um, oh. Open it up like it can be anything. Song, food, music, gadget, book, whatever you want. Just try to end, end on a positive note and mm-hmm. talk about some things we like heading into a, hopefully Jamie's first one of the season. So you want to go first? Sure. Um, I just I, I think I've actually mentioned this in the last couple months on here, but I did finish the third season of Glow and – just loved it just as much as the second season and just love that show and am glad to have had it uh, exist in the world. I don't know if they'll come back anymore after this one, but uh, really, really, really enjoyed a show that is uh, somehow burying some really cool, deep stuff into some funny content. So 
I haven't watched that. I, I want to watch it because I listen to Mark Marin podcast yeah. occasionally, and yeah. um, I know he's a part of it. He's yeah, doing it, but... he's kind of just Mark Marin on the yeah. show. Well, um, I think that's and I thought the first be. season was a little slow, but the second two seasons are. Um, I don't know. Just you care about the characters. I I enjoyed the hell out of it. I laughed. I mean, it's eighties wrestling, so it's right up my alley to begin with. But there's a lot of really like cool stuff buried in there about the world today, buried in a nineteen eighties women's wrestling television show. So that's cool. I Netflix Netflix's um, original content is they're knocking down the park with a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. I, I will go much more trivial or mm-hmm. much more low. No. No. Um, have you ever heard of these Butterbell things? No. It's a butter dish. This thing will change your life. I'm not kidding. You got to go Google it. It's a dish that enables you to keep butter fresh at room temperature. Like the onion dish? What, what is yeah, this? Yeah. It's amazing. It's like, okay, you've got like this little, it's hard to explain, but it looks like a bell. <laughs> you've got like this little canister thing that's that you fill halfway with water. And then you've got this other thing that it's just like a little bowl of, with like a handle on top. Uh-huh. And you fill it with butter and then you turn it upside down and submerge it in the water so the water seals out all the air and mm-hmm. keeps the butter fresh. And it was like, oh, what's the big deal? Just keep it in the fridge. Well, no, now you have soft butter. And it's so awesome. <laughs> you, got, you got to go try it. It's just like you make toast. You make, you know, have a muffin, oh. have cornbread. Yeah. And you just always have nice, soft butter. And so everybody's like, oh, well, they need so much more butter. It's perfect. I'm like, no, you eat less because you don't need to, like, there's nothing yeah. worse than having, like, a piece of toast oh. or some hot cornbread. And, not and you want to pull up a butter it around. Yeah. You can't get it around. You got like the slice and it's from the fridge and you're just <laughs> smearing it all around or you right. smush the thing. I'm telling you, dude, this thing, it was like 10 or 12 bucks. I got it as a gift. Um, Butterbell. Yeah. All right. I, Jessica got it at a white elephant for Christmas. Oh. It is amazing. I, I mean, go, go Google it, but it'll, it'll change your breakfast, change your mornings. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, my other one, um, Rob, the musician, um, Tyler Childers. It's a guy I think I put on the podcast. I put it at the end a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think we got a couple comments, but have really been enjoying listening to his uh, music lately and uh, hoping to sooner or later get to see him somewhere. So that's another one. Okay. That is awesome. Yep. I, have an, I have another music one. Okay. Um, the Black Keys new album, Let's Rock. Oh, you I like it? You I love yeah. it. It's oh, just good. such, like, to me, it's just like what I needed right now. I, I'm there's a lot of good music right now and there's a lot mm-hmm. of good country western a lot of good americana mm-hmm. and really good indie rock it was nice just to have a straightforward rock and roll album in mm-hmm. the summer and i've always loved the black keys i mm-hmm. feel like they straddle the line between like kind of indie credibility and a little bit of you know pop um mm-hmm. appeal mm-hmm. but this album like there's nothing fancy about it. it's just the black keys you know it's yeah what you'd expect a guitar and, and drums and <laughs> just let it go but it's just a fun listen so I, it I really enjoyed it. I've been listening to it a lot this summer and definitely check it out. Spotify, iTunes, all that crap. Good. You got, you got one more, Rob. I think I'm, that's it for me tonight. So. Okay. Well, I got yep. another one yep. it, since I already went with the butter. Yeah, wrap up on a good one here. Trader Joe's everything but the bagel seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> have you had this? I have. I definitely it, have. It's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And we ran out the other day and I had to go with the Whole Foods brand. Uh-huh. Not, Not the, the same thing. I don't know what it is. Like Trader Joe's just kind of dominates the um, snack and easily quick prepared food stuffs that you would never get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And this everything but the bagel. Like I heard a lot of people talk about it and I saw it on Facebook mm-hmm. and I kind of rolled my eyes like, what is the big deal with these people? But it's awesome, man. It works well with the Butterbell too. So there's your one, two combo. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, I guess I should have said Brian's, uh, he has a pop-up slide in camper that is kind of amazing. 
Um, I don't even know how like, to On the back it. of a pickup, one of those ones? Yeah, it like fits into the back of a large pickup truck. Yeah, my uncle. But then it one of pops up, and it yeah. has a queen bed in there. It has mm-hmm. a fridge. It has like cooking setup, water, like so much stuff that I could – I was just astounded. Like easily as – decent of a setup as our like much larger rv this weekend so yes you know those things are great my uncle rich had one for years and used it a lot for camping or just like good you can do like car camping or you can go pretty deep in it yeah you should anybody by the way i mean this isn't even an ad we didn't talk to brian about this but go ask them at the shop about it because it's made by some company out of california that it's really badass i mean i don't know what to say yeah they're cool cool. they're really neat so anyways um well, I think that's all I got, Rob. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, watching the home opener and talking to you again next week. Yeah, getting the, getting the one on one, hopefully. Yeah, and thanks for the everybody who had comments. That Rob and I, you know, we both wrote a considerable amount of words uh, on the actual JamieSportsBlog.com website this week. So yes. thanks to everybody that commented and participated. Uh, it's great to have the preview people. Rob, you'll have to uh, see who won the. The contest. Oh, I forgot see about if we, that. Yeah, see if we can yeah, get Yeah, thank a you guest very post. much to everybody. But it, yeah. it's one of those like blessings, but a curse when we get yeah. like 50 plus entries. Right. And, and now I need to go do math. <laughs> right, right. Well, and good job, Duke Club, on the Friday night event in West Virginia. That was really fun. And, and all the know, watch parties. All the watch yeah. parties. Yeah, it was so cool seeing those ones from like the Outer Banks and stuff. That yep. was really good. So keep it up, folks. And uh, Rob, I will talk to you next week. Yeah, have a good week, everybody. Go, Dukes. <laughs>